And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Going for Two, presented by our friends at Home Field Apparel. I am your host, Matt Brown, the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter. It's been a couple of weeks, but I am joined here by my colleague and co-host, Brian Fisher. Brian, it's good It's good to see your face. I'm glad that our ships, which have been kind of passing in the night, are finally aligned in the same place at the same week again. Yes, it is. It is good to see you. It uh, has been a while. I guess it seems like in, in, in a long time, even though we've we've been chatting and, and texting and, and going back and forth and uh, doing Zooms together. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to be back on, on the podcast together, especially after a pretty eventful uh, talking season, I guess you could say, in, yeah. in July, given everything that's, that's going on, as we have some personal anecdotes from, from a lot of those uh, those trips as well. But uh, I, I'm, I'm excited because it does feel like there's a subtle shift this first week in August to where you're starting to say, you know what, the season is is almost here. I mean, we're actually getting legitimate NFL football, I guess you could say, uh, if you want to say legitimate, but we're, it's actually a televised product uh, being put on by the NFL on Thursday in terms yeah, of the Hall of Fame There's NFL game. football happening. Got college football can... games or college football camps opening up this week. So it's like uh, it really does feel like uh, the season is here. Yeah, it is. This is around the time of year when I, I think I begin to actually meaningfully miss it. Um, with you're, you're you're so busy throughout the throughout the 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 winter and the beginning of the spring, and we have been much busier than we were expecting. I think over the summer, but no, we we both had a chance to get away a little bit. We uh, both got to participate in some and some media days. You know, it's been a little while since we've talked, so just to kind of kind of recap the last couple of weeks while we've been doing some pre-recording things, um, we had all the conf- the major conference football media days are either done or happening as we speak. Um, I-, I have spent the last two days at the Big Ten Volleyball Media Days, the first time that's happening. We can talk about that. Brian, a little bit closer to his neck of the woods, was at the Pac-12 Media Days. I also uh, went into the woods uh, for, for a couple of days in, uh, in the very Southern Illinois and, and kind of was following on here a little bit. Um, Brian, if it's okay with you, I think I'd like to talk about the volleyball side. And then we can talk about talking seasons for football and the main other things here. But this was a different enough event. I, I, I would kind of like to, to talk through that, if that's cool with you. Oh, I, I thought you were going to start with the, the, the faces your kids were making on, on that trip uh, to, to the middle of nowhere in Illinois. But, but we can also oh, go with okay. volleyball. <laughs> We can we we can talk we can talk about trying to take two diehard city kids into nature when it was raining and we had to pry them away from the Nintendo Switch for a little bit. But we we you know honestly you know what that, that's actually a decent segue right because like the biggest reason I took this trip to to um, Garden of the Gods, which is a, a state park in Illinois, not the one in Colorado. Part of it was just like man, I am I'm just completely exhausted. I need a couple of days to feel restored to get off of Twitter, to get off, to not work, to, I, I left my computer in Chicago and it was energizing. It was wonderful, but it rained most of the time. And I, you understand this too. And I think any other parent of small children, when you go on vacation and you bring your kids, you don't really go on vacation. What you do is you parent without home field advantage. And I, it's a road game, right? You're out of your element. And I was also there with my with my sister-in-law and her family, and I love them very much, but they have actual babies and like a two-year-old. Um, so, you know, lugging them through rock climbing and through trails is a different thing. So energizing, but not exactly relaxing. Um, it, I, I think other young parents understand here. I come back, we, we, we write a couple other newsletters, catch up on some other stories. And then this week, we're recording this here on uh, on, on Tuesday afternoon, so I, I just got back a few hours ago, Big Ten has their first volleyball media days. It's at 
BTN headquarters, which is very close to downtown Chicago. The the conference headquarters is in Rosemont. It's in the suburbs by a Brazilian steakhouse. We talked about it a lot. This one is in like the old Groupon building. And it is, I would say, a, a bigger facility than any, you know, it's bigger than the Vox headquarters in New York than a lot of the TV facilities that I've been in. You have a, a conference room on one floor where you you have the interviewing coaches and players. You have like a kind of radio row element on a, on a different floor and you're going through there. And I know maybe your experience was different at Pac-12 Media Days. I've covered a lot of these events in the Big Ten for football and men's basketball, and I've done this for some other um, conferences as well for those two sports. And this is not to disrespect any communications personnel that put on those meetings, but a lot of coaches don't want to be doing it. A lot of the players don't really want to be doing it. And I would not describe any Media Days event that I've ever participated in as joyful. You might have a few moments of levity uh, and and because you're talking with college students and if they haven't had this completely beaten out of their skulls, they'd love to show you that they have personalities and that they're silly and that they're, they're, they have interests other than football. But it's it's a little NFL-ish. Like Kirk Ferris doesn't want to freaking talk to you during Big Ten media days. It's not disrespect. I mean, it's just how he is. They want to be doing something else. And the women's volleyball media days was completely different from that. One everybody wanted to talk. Everybody was, I mean, like to a man and to a woman. The coaches were approaching this event with the spirit of excitement and gratitude. And I think they would have a reason to be. You know, maybe not everybody here listening knows. The Big Ten is the powerhouse volleyball conference. There's great volleyball in the Pac-12. Pac There's great volleyball in the SEC. There's great volleyball in the ACC. Last year's national championship game, Big Ten Wisconsin beat Big Ten Nebraska. I think they sent eight teams to the tournament. Um, and these are places where they're playing in front of packed crowds. Like it's a, it is culturally a very big deal. So you can come in there and you can kind of talk shit a little bit, knowing that you, you had this, this really competitive league, but also, Hey, you're the first you know place to have this kind of media event. You're the first place where you have, you know, 20 beat writers in one conference room and 25 other credentialed reporters on, you know, on another floor doing this thing here. And then you have some of these athletes that have never had this opportunity before. When you go play at Nebraska or you go play at Wisconsin, where they have some dedicated beat writers, there's some post-game availability, but this doesn't really exist in Columbus. It doesn't really exist in, in West Lafayette or in College Park or some of these other places. And so you might be, might be an elite athlete and never have a chance to be that kind of center of attention in a way that maybe some football and men's basketball players take for granted. So to be a part of that is refreshing. It's a, you know, a part of that to see people be silly to you know, demonstrate they have obvious affection for their teammates and for their coaches and to approach not just this season, but the state of their sport, Brian, with a sense of optimism and excitement. And I wrote about this earlier this week and I've still been thinking about it and maybe your experience has been different, but I've talked to so many ADs and so many coaches and so many lawyers and consultants and people that are really focused on the football and men's basketball side. Very few are speaking with the sense of optimism. There's a lot of, I'm just so beaten down and, and struggling with financial uncertainty and administrative uncertainty and loss of control. And my workload is, 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 is spiraling out and out and, and you're, you're, you're panicking about it a little bit, not unjustifiably. That just was not what this event was. And I felt recharged being a part of it in a very different way than I felt recharged being in the woods, because this was also a reminder that this shit's supposed to be fun. Uh, it's a business and we got to take that seriously. And I'm not saying we should paper over the 
administrative scandals or the exploitation or any of these uh, you know other major issues. That's a big part of what both of, both you and I do. But there's also a level of joy to this whole enterprise and fun for this whole enterprise that without that, none of this really exists because there's not fan interest behind that. And I feel like I was connected to that in a different way being a part of the volleyball event. I mean, you know kudos, I mean, yeah, kudos to the Big Ten for, for coming up with the concept yeah. and, and really executing. You know, I think uh, not just uh, the stuff that you did uh, coming out of Chicago there. I mean, just the, the, the attention brought on on that sport, I, I think, was was badly needed. I, I think this is one of those sports that we, we've talked about it on this program here before is is one of the ones that we think is, is I, I don't want to label it emerging anymore. But like, um, you know, there, there's some real growth uh, ahead for, for women's volleyball yeah. and not just in those markets that you mentioned, like Wisconsin and Nebraska that, that do think take things really seriously. I think for, you know, from from a nationwide perspective. Um, you know, going down south and going in, in out west, certainly with a lot of those powerhouse, um, you know, Pac-12 programs. I mean, I, I think this is a sport that has gotten a lot more television exposure to the last couple of years. Look at the ratings um, when it comes to the postseason uh, in, in particular. I think this is a property that is uh, quite undervalued. We always talk about the women's basketball tournament kind of, um, you know, being significantly undervalued in that uh, championship deal uh, with ESPN and the NCA. And, and I think volleyball is right there with it, you know, in terms of just the exposure uh, and, and interest. You know, you, you go back to to the spring and, uh, you know, you're seeing a bunch of tweets about, uh, you know, so this this crazy wild match, you know, happening. And because it's an yeah. entertaining game. And, and I think it's you, fun. It's fun in yes. person and it, it, it plays well on television. And, and I think you're completely right. The the, the enthusiasm or sport like this, um, you know, is, is certainly palpable from administrators, coaches, athlete, you know, athletes in particular that, uh, you know, do live it day to day and, and to get the opportunity, I think, to, um, you know, bring it to a broader world, you know, bring some additional exposure to their programs. I think it's huge and something I, I think you'll you'll see repeated uh, amongst a lot of Oli other Olympic sports saying um, you are, are who are constantly trying to fight for exposure, tr constantly trying to uh, get their kind of moment in the sun. And so it's great that the conference was, was helping out, putting on this media day. I think it was a big success for them for btn yeah. and uh, I, I would imagine that uh, we're, we're going to see this coming out of the pac-12 going forward we're probably going to see it for other sports because I, I think it is is not only brings attention to your your program but uh really the athletes too who let's face it everybody's talking about nil this is a great opportunity to get some of them other additional media exposures that uh, is, is going to help down the road for them yeah the, so, so two kind of quick things on that on that point because you you raised uh i think something important as you talk about television exposure which is which was something that Athletes and coaches went back to again and again. On the linear exposure side, you know, part of the reason that I, I think some of these Big Ten brands have become bigger brands is this is also a sport that's on linear television. You know, not BTN is going to showcase, I want to say 40, at least 47 games on BTN this year, which is a lot, you know, and, and, and all the other ones that are not on, on BTN or another channel will be on BTN Plus. You could stream them, but there's also going to be regular season games this year on ESPN2 on ESPNU and FS1. And, you know, both of us know, and I think most people in this industry know, when you have regular season SEC softball and the, and the softball World Series and, and regular season Pac-12 softball on ESPN during the summer when you have kind of breaks in um, the sporting calendar, it's a big deal. Women definitely notice, and men increasingly notice too, when you go to the bar and Washington is playing LSU in softball on TV and everybody's watching and thinking, oh, wow, this actually moves faster than baseball. This is this is, this is is fun in its own way. You can do that now, not just at a bar in Chicago or in Milwaukee, but really nationwide for, for many of these games. The other thing, which when I first read the release and was talking to some people in Chicago about it, it didn't hit me as a big deal. 
but over the course of the event, registered to me as a larger deal, is the Big Ten also announced a distribution agreement with a service called Volleyball TV. It's a, or like Volleyball World TV, excuse me, to, uh, to, to share, I think it's over 70 conference broadcasts to audiences outside of North America and the Caribbean for these volleyball matches. And at first I was thinking like, I know volleyball is a global sport. But do people in Italy like really give a shit about Ohio State versus Wisconsin volleyball when they have professional volleyball or Euro volleyball, these other things here? And like, who cares, right? And then a bunch of coaches and some of the volleyball press said, Matt, you colossal idiot. The course they care because one, we're recruiting athletes from there. And you and I and everybody that follows football knows what how important it is to be able to say like, Nana is going to be able to watch you. And that's why it's important to not be on Apple, Amazon, Roku.net or whatever. But you can't get BTN and Warsaw yet, or at least not easily, um, but you can get volleyballworld.tv. And so now you can say, hey, if we're, we're, we're going to recruit in Australia, if we're going to recruit in Western Europe, we're going to recruit in South America. Now we can get our games on TV. And not only that, but this is a branding play to help us as we try to recruit other students. And some of these matches are, I, I, again, I didn't know this beforehand, apparently a pretty big deal on linear television in China. Uh, which is, of course, the place where every large university, including some uh, in your neck of the woods, have really tried to to, to go after people. So is, is this like the deal that makes everybody rich? No. Is this the deal that launches um, Minnesota volleyball into WNBA popularity? No. Is it meaningful in the context of this sport and uh, for women's athletics at large? And yeah. And, and, and you know, that's that's a. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the SEC look to, I think, replicate parts of this event or push the envelope in similar ways with gymnastics, which is also global and a place where they have, I think, the beats to do it, potentially softball. And I, I could, and you know, in Chicago, the you know, the, there were a lot of staffers that were saying this might be something we look to do for wrestling, where there are dedicated beat writers and we can find a facility, whether that's at BTN headquarters, or maybe that's in Iowa, or maybe that's in Pennsylvania or something, to, to hold something similar. Which, good for athletes, good for those coaches, good for NIL, good for us. Um, I understand that hasn't always been the feeling you walk away from when you go to one of these kind of dedicated media events. I, I, I assume your experience in Los Angeles was maybe a little bit different. Yeah, I, I, we, we can get into the second, but I do want to make the point, like, it, it, it is... Interesting, because like the, the amount of especially at the power five level, you know, really, there's there's not an event that takes place anymore that doesn't have a camera you know, on it at this point in, in, in the whole media rights cycle, whether it's streaming on ESPN plus, whether it's, you know, BTN plus, as you mentioned, or you know, I, I think the the increase in exposure for a lot of these programs on linear television, just able to flip on that that TV and, and, and watch a volleyball game. I mean, I mean, that goes a long ways. And when you think about, you know, being able to sell ads against that, you know, having the targeted audiences that you have, um, you know, makes sense from a media company perspective. It makes sense from obviously reaching your, your fan bases and, and connecting them on a, on a more consistent basis. You know, you, so you're not going seven days yeah. without that touch point uh, between Penn State football. You can watch a Penn State volleyball game and having worked with, uh, you know, some met- on, on some message board sites, you know, like the, the, you would be surprised, I think, at the pride that a lot of people have, you know, when their team pulls off a big upset or they get, a, you know, some quote unquote five star recruit to commit to their volleyball program or something yeah. like that. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. because I used to run those websites, yeah. but yes, I, I know, I know what you're saying. I did briefly run a Nebraska fan site, you know, in my career. I get that. 
Uh, yeah. Um, so, so like, I, I, I do feel like they're, they're the, tapping into, to this market ha has been huge. And, and yeah, it was, um, you know, there was a little bit more jadedness, uh, certainly at petrol <laughs> media day than compared to your, uh, you know, trip there to Chicago for, uh, for volleyball media day. But, you know, it was just a unique experience, uh, there, there in, uh, Los Angeles. I mean, it was, uh, downtown at LA live, which was a, a new change of venue. Of course. Um, I, I think they've pretty much only had, had held it in the same spot, like three times in the last probably 12, 15 years or something that I've been going. So, um, you know, another new thing for the conference, it was uh, not not the most um, easy setup, I, I guess you could say, but, um, you know, it was uh, a lot of interesting, uh, you know, top points of conversations coming out of it. You know, they were kind of the last power five league certainly to go. And so it's like, you kind of have, uh, you know, your your chance to kind of hit clean up and, and get the last message out. And certainly George Klyavkov did that, um, you know, taking some shots at the big 12, which uh, really raised some eyebrows, you know, around the room, wherever I was like, when he, when he made that comment about, Brett Yormark and and the Big Twelve, uh, you know, coming in and, and whether he was going to be shopping in, in Big Twelve territory. I mean, literally, you can kind of see everybody's hands and, and heads kind of like, did he really just say that? Did he really just yeah. say, uh, you know, that about the Big Twelve? And um, you know, there there was that. There was the kind of just the awkwardness of, of USC and UCLA being around. Um, but you know, at the same time, I, I do get the sense that especially for, for a lot of those those coaches and, and athletes, they, they were just excited to talk about the actual season after a month plus of. USC UCLA talk, uh, you know, just all the changes going on at the NCAA level. Like now they could actually talk about like, so your uh, your right tackle is new this year, you know, like uh, what, what, what do you think? And and how's that going to impact your team? Like like getting into some of those questions was, was a nice change of pace as, as it is at a lot of these media days. But um, really, I, I think the the bottom line, at least on the football level, still the the overshadowed nature of the, the on-field sport compared to everything that's going off of it is um, uh, pretty constant. You know, whether it's Pac-12, whether it's Big 12, um, pretty much every media member there is, is going for a different story other than like, you know, what, what's happening with your quarterback. It's it's funny you mentioned that because this was something I, like, I was really cognizant of when I was in the room on the volleyball side because I'm not a volleyball beat writer. Um, and so I couldn't break down the depth chart for anybody. And I'm not really equipped to say, like, you know, you know talk about your serving strategy or how, or how are we going to improve your – I don't even know the right stats, right? Or, or but, but there are a lot of off-the-field issues that I am interested in. And I'm always interested in learning about performance culture and team building and roster management and everything. But, you know, I don't want to monopolize that because the guy next to me is at the Lincoln Star and really does need to talk about those kind of things. And it's great to have both. And you can do that maybe in a, in a combined free-flowing conversation. But when it's just podium time or when you're, you're in a different setting, one can really, you know, over overshadow those. I was talking with our, our mutual friend Richard Johnson about this a couple of days ago that, you know, even though – we write almost exclusively about off the field stuff. We both care about college football. We like college football. And I, I was talking to him. I'm like, Richard, I feel way more behind this year on talking ball than, oh, yeah. than I, I think I ever have in my career. I'm like, I know Alabama's going to be good. And I know Ohio State will at least have a good offense. And, but like, if you were to ask me to like fill out a note card right now with uh, my thoughts on Oklahoma, I couldn't, I, you know, in late July, I couldn't tell you. And he was like, dude, I, I, I know like we, we it, it's and I don't blame any other reporter for being in there because I would have asked the same things, too, because even though, hey, you know, Utah potentially coming in as a top 10 team and what Oregon is, you know, what it will look like now under major transitions or what what the hell Washington's supposed to be after all kinds of changes. Those are interesting stories, but it is a little bit hard to focus on that when there's this gigantic existential elephant in the room where. Does it matter what your tight end's going to be if you're in the Mountain West in three years? Which I know isn't fair to the athletes in that room, but 
like that is the truth, right? Yeah, and I, I will say that, like, I, I do feel like talking with coaches and administrators and and SIDs and, and a couple of ADs there uh, also sat down with us and and. and able to kind of ask about the state of the conference with them. And, and I, I do get the sense, at least in the, in the PAC 12, the, the 10 remaining schools, um, you know, I've been, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk and, and a lot of conjecture about the, the league dying, but I, I, I don't get the sense of that based on my conversations before going into media day, but, but really coming out of it, um, you know, it does feel like everybody is, is on the same page. Not to say that that cannot change. We've seen things, um, you turn on, on the drop of a dime, but I, I do feel like the league, um, you know, kind of fired up at, at taking on this, this challenge together and, and making sure they can go forward together because frankly, a lot of them, uh, from the commissioner on down, you know, basically said, you know, look, we, we, we have the numbers. We, We've done the math and we, we've got the uh, input from the media partners that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be in an OK position. Are we going to be close to the Big Ten or the SEC in terms of those payouts? No. But I, I think everybody's understanding of that and comfortable with that, like probably more comfortable than your average fan base uh, in, in, in the Pac-12 or even Big 12 yeah. would be. But um, yeah, at the same time, I think they are aiming to kind of be that that third school, you know, in terms of per school payouts, you know, being solidly third ahead of the ACC and Big 12. And you know what? That, is, is that realistic? We'll, we'll see in a couple of weeks or, or a couple of months, at least um, when, when those new media deals uh, really kind of get into the thick, thick of things. But, um, you know, it was just an, an interesting time, I think, to, to go to Pac-12 Media Day, given all the changes. And you're right. I, I Even doing a lot of the preview magazine stuff that, that I do with with Athlon Sports, I feel behind because uh, Number one, that was a, a lot of that was done, you know, in the spring. So it's like, yeah, the whole semester, yeah. this whole summer. Rosters are different. Yeah. Roster changes, uh, obviously everything going on with with the conference realignment, the NCAA. I mean, it really has been kind of a crazy six weeks or so. And, um, you know, they were, we're not done. I mean, I talked with, with Pat Chun, who's on the, the transformation committee, a lot of stuff coming out of that, starting with Wednesday's board meeting and, and going forward. So uh, there, there's still a lot of change out there. And it will be nice, I guess, to have the, the real distraction of, of actual college football being played, uh, because I. I'm excited and you know, I might all end the same with, with Alabama winning it all, but you know what, who knows uh, the, the actual season, some of the wildness that we get with college football um, you know, that, that is, that is a special thing. And, and I can't wait for it to actually kick off because I, I am, I'm with you. I am tired of kind of talking about uh, these things ad nauseum week after week after week. Speaking of things that uh, are, you know, wild, crazy, unpredictable, like the regular season, even though that you know that the the how things are likely to end, I want to quickly talk about our dear friends at Homefield Apparel. And you right know that from week to week, Homefield is going to release some relatively ridiculous designs, uh, highlighting vintage historic prints on t-shirts, tank tops, uh, sweatpants, all the manner of apparel. I'm wearing some that I just recently ordered right now. This is from Nebraska. Says Bug Eaters Football. Nebraska hasn't been named as the Bug Eaters in a long time. We got some Colorado School Mines. Uh, I also, uh, you know, as a Medill grad, uh, I got some Northwestern gear that came in earlier from uh, a Northwestern Wildcat that looks like it's on a cocaine bender from the 1940s. An absolute delight. You don't know what it's going to look like from week to week, but you know what? The final result is going to be something uh, that is going to be a great conversation piece at your next barbecue, your next tailgate, your next party, because it's going to be some prints that no one's ever seen before. I mean, uh, they, they hit it out of the park this past week with Youngstown I'm State. Like that furious, was, furious uh, about this because I just, I would have waited another week. I would have bought some Penguin stuff. Um, I didn't know that was coming. Connor, tell me next time you drop an Ohio-based anthropomorphic golf t-shirt stuff. I would have sent you another 35 bucks. No, there's letters like nine different great penguin things. None of them are even Batman related. Like, of course you should buy those. Um, this coming week is Oregon State. 
uh, friends. There's like six Power Five programs that haven't signed with, like, that haven't been released yet. Some of them are coming. You can probably do the math now. But there's knowing what we know about Oregon State's history and that color scheme. There's going to be some fun things coming there too. Uh, don't just take my word for it. You can go to homefieldapparel.com and go look at all of the hilarious penguin-related accoutrement, Nebraska-related, mines-related, Northwestern, TCU, Kansas State. Uh, and when you buy all that stuff, you don't have to take out a second mortgage on your house. Uh, that sounds expensive right now. You should use promo code extra points. Save 15% on your order. Uh, and then get a bunch of extremely comfortable, unique shirts. You can also send me a note at matt at extrapointsmb.com. I'd be happy to introduce you to our friends at The Good Brand. If you are a school that's wondering, if Youngstown State is able to do a bunch of this stuff, there's no reason why I can't do a bunch of this stuff. I've filed a gajillion FOIAs. I have looked at what the CLC vendor payouts are. I know what schools make from this. There's checks with commas in them. You could probably use those. So I'm happy to, I can't promise you that I'll get it on Homefield because I don't work for Homefield, but I'm happy to make that introduction. Matt at extrapointsnb.com. Those Matt, conversations help keep Brian and I clothed in Homefield stuff. I'm, I'm just clothed, but like I, I was talking with somebody uh, literally just this morning about, you know, like finding some small school gear and 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 just how great a resource Homefield is for some of the schools like like mines, you know, and just being able to you know shop for things that, you know, are a little bit off the beaten path, but are a unique uh, really representation of, of, of college sports and college athletics. And whether you're you're a mines uh, alum or something like that, or if you're just looking for, you know, some some cool, small, small schools gear. Like, I, I mean, I think there's no better resource than, than Homefield right now. And, uh, you know, it's especially true for, for some of these you know, schools that uh, you might not have a, a fanatic shop. They might not be on. On, yeah. on some store, you know, like, or, or it's just very generic, uh, type of merchandise. Like this is, this is great stuff. Not only very comfortable, but, uh, like the, the designs are, are out of the park and you're not already, uh, you know, uh, part of the home field family, I guess you could say, uh, definitely get on, get in touch because, uh, we, we want those more, more of those small schoolers, uh, that, uh, can, can get on and, and, uh, get some unique designs out there. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I'll buy them because this literally is almost all of my clothes outside of like what I wear to church. And a couple of events like media days. It would probably would have been a little unprofessional if I had rolled up in this shirt and also confused them with the staff because they know I didn't go to Nebraska. Um, finally, real quick. Hey, we just spent 10 minutes shilling for Homefield. We'll shill for your stuff too. Drop me a note at sales at extrapointsmb.com. Uh, we're closing on uh, some big uh, sales projects here for Extra Points and this podcast. We do have inventory ready for this season. Um I missed some of the other big media day takeaways from the other conferences on account of being in the middle of nowhere playing Nintendo Switch with small children uh, waiting for the sun to come back out again. Uh, a, a lot of the, the football kind of media day content is a lot of, well, listen, we're going to be attacking. We're going to be multiple. Everybody gained 15 pounds of muscle. All of our two stars are hidden gems, and we feel really good about the season. Do you recall anything from the SEC or Big Ten that was especially notable? I, ideally on the field-ish, but because this is an off-the-field podcast, off the field too, that kind of broke free of, of cliche contain? Oh, that's that's a tough question. I, I, yeah. Especially on the field, you know, like I, I feel outside of the, you know, speaking of Big Ten media days, I mean, look, uh, there was a, you know, a lot of talk about Kevin Warren's comments about kind of still considering expansion opportunities and uh, evaluating them as, as they come through. I mean, George Klafkov kind of said something similar in terms of making sure they're, they have the pulse of the, of the landscape there. Um, but, but at the same time, like there's really not a whole lot of outside of the NIL discussions that uh, I guess could still be considered off the field. 
Like what, what is your quarterback making or how is, how are you managing that team dynamic? You know uh, you know, there, there really wasn't a whole lot, maybe outside of you know Michigan and, and uh, Jim Harbaugh kind of uh, trying to, to pl- middle, I guess you could say the kind of the, having two quarterbacks that uh, might be able to play, you know, this year, I, I think that might've been one of the more notable lines, but I think there's some, some intrigue at least in, in the sec. Yes. You have Alabama, but you also have LSU with a new head coach in, in Brian Kelly. What are they going to look like this year? Have you know Florida uh, revamping uh, there at like an, an, under new coaching staff? You have Texas A&M that w- we all talk about their their tremendous signing class, but how is it going to translate on the field? Can they beat Alabama again this year? I mean, there's uh, you know a lot of intrigue around the SEC, and and at the same time, the same is, is true with the Big Ten. I mean, you look at uh, schools like Purdue. You know, are, are they going to get back to uh, you know maybe making that next step in, in in a competitive division? What's happening with you know you speaking of your shirt, Nebraska? I mean, like there's going to be a lot of attention, not just because they have that week zero game against Northwestern, but let's face it, Scott Frost on, on one of the hottest seats in the country right now with the contract to match and the really decision, you know, kind of in, in October that uh, the school is going to have to make regarding his future. And so it's going to be uh, come quick in terms of whether there's going to be real progress there on the field for the Cornhuskers. But uh, I, I do feel all this game being set against the backdrop of I make the college football playoff. I, I do feel like this is one of those years where, yeah, maybe those third and fourth spots are kind of open and, and up for grabs outside of the usual suspects in, in Alabama and Ohio State are probably going to be the clear one, two atop all their preseason polls. But it's like there's a lot of intrigue because the, the middle of the pack this year is is so muddled. Like we really don't know because of the, the transfer portal, rosters changing, new coaches coming in. It makes for a really interesting season when, when you actually kind of drill down into the details beyond those top two. Yeah, I am one of the things I'm excited about over the next several days. We did this last year. We want to, I think, tweet things a little bit ahead of this year to do some conference previews podcasts, which gives us a chance to one catch up and actually talk ball with some folks that have paid particular attention to some of these leagues and some of the other storylines, not just about who's going to win, but what's happening at the third, fourth, seventh, you know, ranked teams and what's interesting there about them. We'll, we'll dig into that more specifically. I, I was talking with a couple of other reporters. I feel reasonably confident that Alabama is the most talented, most complete team this season. Uh, maybe not completely invulnerable. We, there's some questions about their wideouts, but you, you, you trust that Nick Saban to figure that stuff out. And one half of Ohio State looks to be amazing. The other half, maybe. Well, I mean, they, they were pretty bad last year, but they, they've there's there's been a lot of change on the on the uh, not just on the field, but on on the with the coaching staff uh, to try to rebuild that defense into what it used to be. And then, yeah, like do, I don't know who the third best SEC team is right now. There's probably four or five teams. I mean, we that, haven't even that, mentioned Georgia, the reigning national champs either. Right, the, the, a team that lost its almost its entire defense and had an offense that. Uh, you know, they they won the national champion championship, but I don't know if anybody is like super you know, thinking that this is going to be a team, the team that scores 45 points a game. They had, they had some questions before too. Is that, is the, is the, you know, other than, you know, you've assuming Alabama's one, Georgia two is, is A&M three is Tennessee three, probably not LSU, but maybe, uh, is this the best Kentucky team since 96? <laughs> like, or is, is, uh, is is just South Carolina taking a step or was last year a bit of an aberration? Like, I don't really know. I think I know who the two best teams in the Big Ten are, but I don't really feel super confident about anybody beyond that. I don't know what to think about Michigan State, uh, how much of that is sustainable. I I mean, every Wisconsin team is the same. So like there you, you feel good about, but the, the difference between spreadsheet Nebraska and on-field Nebraska, 
massive. Um, difference in spreadsheet, Minnesota and on the field, Minnesota, you know, you know, pretty, pretty significant or Penn State. So I don't know. And I, I, I don't gamble on, on sports um, for a lot of reasons. But one of those is, is I feel like I know just enough to know that that's a, that's a stupid value prop, you know, prop. But I, I think you're right. Like this does feel like a year when the number four team could surprise people a little bit. And, and by that, I'm not saying that like Weber, like Weber State's going to come up there and get it. I mean, that fourth team might be like Florida or USC, which would constitute something. Or, I mean, like a really out of left field thing would be like Washington or Utah. But that feels more open because I think the, the, the paper gap between one and two and then like three and 12 is bigger now than maybe it was. I mean, partly because Clemson's fallen off a little bit. Um, and Oklahoma's probably fallen off a little bit to the to the to the point where it is, you're not entirely sure. So I, I look forward to, to learning more about that over the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Clemson there. I mean, that's one of the more maybe the most intriguing story of of all, especially along the East Coast. You know, is is what is is Clemson? You know, that they, they went double digit games last year, but it doesn't feel like they really did. You know, just given the level, yeah. uh, the standard of success there that Dabo Swinney has has really um, you know kind of established and. Honest, like you know what what's going to happen at quarterback there. You know the defense should be pretty good, but obviously you're you're changing. You know having one of the most successful DCs ever. Uh, you know kind of kind of uh, you know take the Oklahoma gig. So it's like, how are they going to look from a staff perspective? Is that continuity good? Uh, you know for for Clemson, uh, given some of the struggles that we've seen out of the boat. You know both sides of the ball uh, these last couple of years. So like you know they they are a very intriguing storyline. And you throw into that NC State uh, out of the ACC. I think the expectations are high, which is never hurt never hurt program. them no this is the year that no nc state stuff will possibly happen because the ncaa and god are not out to get raleigh north carolina no chance and uh you know nc state's uh ad uh you know Boo Corgan, he's, he's also the cfp chair so we'll be seeing him on tuesdays as well so it's like uh front and center for the Wolfpack uh quite a bit this year uh win or lose uh, for them so it's like a lot of intrigue around there I, I think there's some hot seat situations you know places like syracuse you know you look at uh i, I mean look I, I think there's intrigue really across the board i mean in the aac some of those teams that are moving on you know what, what's cincinnati going to do for an encore what can ucf kind of get back to being um you know that that true group of five contender and how are they building for the, for the Big Twelve? We haven't even mentioned Texas being back. You know, I've already heard the, that conversation. You know, with that that big Alabama game and in uh, some of the the influx and talent there uh, for Steve Sarkeesian. What is Oklahoma going to look like? You you would think. Uh, not only under Brent Venables, they would be good defensively, but um, really just kind of looking at this offense under Jeff Levy and, and you got, you know, you have quarterbacks, you have some skill position talents, but a lot of it is just new faces in new places. Uh, it, it really is it's just a very intriguing season in terms of how it's all going to shake out. I, I do feel like the, the middle of the pack is, is more capable of losing to anybody and beating anybody than, than it really ever has been before because of that. So it's, um, you know, as, as chaotic as these seasons typically are, it does feel like there's there's an even extra dash is kind of thrown into things. And so that, that makes for some intrigue, even if we might end up with uh, the title game we did a couple of years ago when it's Ohio State and Alabama. I'm going to, I'm just going to put this out here, recognizing that I could get freezing cold taked. I think Alabama is going to destroy Texas. And that I, 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 early, this is like a tale as old as time, Alabama and the, the gigantic non-conference matchup in the first two weeks of the season in what looks like a big appealing helmet game. And like, ooh, this is the one that's finally might test the tide. And they come and they win by freaking 37 points. I don't think it's going to be that bad, but I don't think that game's going to be close. Um, I am decidedly not on Team Texas's back. Um, I mean, when I'm you... On team- 
I'm, I'm on team. We're going to talk about Texas a lot, and that's fine. And to, to speak maybe your language, Texas got a little Ferrari in them, right? I mean, like, well, we'll see. I've I've been wrong before, but future, I mean, you know, recent recent history and the way that this roster is currently constructed, where everybody is a redshirt freshman, uh, makes me think that this is not going to end well. Week two, week eleven, who knows? Week two. I don't like the Longhorns. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, talk about a young offensive line trying to, to battle Will Anderson and company. Uh, you know, a defense that should be a lot better. Um, you know, I think as as good as we we talked about Georgia, and I'm not sure Alabama will quite reach that plane in terms of just historic numbers. But this is a very good defense. You, you talk with anybody that's you know NFL scouts, they are all over Alabama's defense. You know, they they are going to produce a, a lot of. Uh, very hyper high productive players, um, you know, in in this defense, and you throw into that, uh, you know, Texas having that young offensive line, having a really a first time starter at quarterback, and Quinn Ewers as much talent as he might have, this is a, a big moment, and and even if they can kind of keep it close, you know, I, I just think Alabama, not only are, are, are have they been there before in these type of type of games, but. They're hungry. You know, like I, I do feel like you cannot discount some of those losses that they've taken in, in these uh, title games. They were really kind of a year ahead and, and they still made it to national title and, and, and came close to why, winning it in the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah. Right. That's why uh, I kind of I kind of think this is a year where they don't lose. And there might be two teams that I think are going to be within single digits in the fourth quarter. And Texas isn't one of them. Um, could be wrong. Again, that's not why you listen to this show. That's not why you subscribe to Extra Points is to hear me talk ball. Probably, but this is what the spirit is whispering to me now. Um, is there anything else that you want to make sure that we hit, knowing that we have a bunch of other specific preview shows coming up here in, in the near future? Well, you know, I feel, I, like we hit, I feel like we hit the big things coming into this show. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's you, you could go a number of different directions. I mean, we're just at, at Pac-12. You know, what what is USC going to look like? They've, they've certainly invested a lot with Lincoln Riley coming to town. You know, UCLA, Chip Kelly uh, got the contract extension. But is this really a, a breakthrough type of season uh, there in Westwood? So uh, a lot going on. Um, yeah, I, I will say uh, a, a couple of things maybe from, from my visit there at Pac-12 Media Day. You know, I did, I did talk with George Klyovkov, um, you know, off to the side. He, he kind of yeah. he, he said it at the beginning at, at his podium session he kind of reiterated it as, as well but you know it does seem like there will be some major linear players for their kind of first tier second tier rights for for football men's basketball uh and, and women's basketball uh, you know that that is definitely coming and they're they're still in the exclusive negotiating window with with fox and espn it does seem I like that i think that goes on for another week is that right uh another couple of days yeah so i yeah. and that could end up getting somewhat extended there's you know, contract contractual things that they could do to where they, they could still stay at the negotiating table. I, I do think they, they will ultimately kind of take it to market just to kind of test the waters for a CBS or an NBC. If, if there's yeah. some interest there, especially for, for some of those second or third tier games, it, def, it feels like ESPN is, is kind of in pole position to land those. But in terms of was very clear that they anticipate an Amazon and Apple or somebody like that being a, a major player for essentially the content that's on Pac-12 networks now. Um, you know, I asked him, you know, did you look at the Apple deal being a global distribution deal as, as unique and kind of raised his eyebrows and said, you know, unique deals like that are, are certainly coming across the desk and we're examining them and not so, so subtly hinting, hinting that uh, some of that uh, could be in store for, for Pac-12 University. So, um, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot going on. We'll, we'll see probably in the next two, uh, two three weeks, maybe uh, the Big Ten media deals, which I'm sure we'll discuss uh, those, those will at least uh, be known, uh, if not uh, not completely announced. So I think there's uh, a lot going on in, in that kind of sphere, and and I'm I'm just excited because I I do know that uh, you know the camps are here. We'll be hearing about um, you know quarterback battles and 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 who's going to be the left tackle and and this freshman showing out and and unfortunately probably a couple of injuries here and there. But like it it does feel like the 
can finally turn our attention and, and, and look at the calendar and say, you know what, week zero, it's, it's, it's almost here. And uh, that more than anything is, is going to be an exciting time. I, I can't wait to dive into a lot of these conferences a little bit more in depth than we have right here. But uh, it's that time of the year and I cannot wait. I, I, I would very quickly add, I think, on the on the TV side, uh, recent conversations that I've had indicated that the Big Ten deal is like basically done. Um, I, I should be announced before the start of the season, you know, I, I was kind of led to believe that it's it's in the uh, double checking that all of the I's are dotted and T's are crossed stage rather than meaningful like negotiations. And that if you are a realignment degenerate, that has to happen really before anything else does, uh, whether that's on the Pac-12 side, Big 12 side or something else. And I would also echo based on hearing similar conversations that, uh, you know, kind of reiterating Best of my knowledge right now is that nobody in the Pac-12 is really itching to leave, and the and not, not in, in large part because of the political and cultural and other universal ties. If you can make that money work, you want to keep doing that uh, and and not go join some of the schools that you went out of your way to avoid being around to, to begin with uh, th- throughout earlier years. You can find more of our coverage on the media rights deals and uh, realignment NIL and all that stuff. That's not talking ball on extrapointsmb.com and through uh, Collegiate Sports Connect. Um, I am uh, in the process of sharing an interview that I had there with uh, the Big Ten's Volleyball Sport Administrator about this event. We have a couple of other uh, things that we're we're uploading from Pac-12 Media Days, from NACTA, from some of these other administrator conversations. And of course, you can find this show anywhere that you have access to podcasts. If you enjoy it, leaving us an Alabama recruiting class level review, five stars, helps other people find the show and helps us convince people besides home fields to keep giving us money so we can keep making it. Um, Brian, I got everything right. I think that's it. Yeah, I think, uh, man, exciting times ahead. Uh, we, we got a lot of great episodes coming up, guest booked. Um, you know, I, I think you guys are, are going to love our, our previous series for sure. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And uh, again, I, I cannot stress it enough. You know, football football is here, but also some of those other sports. You know, this is the the real new cycle of, uh, you know, the, the whole fall sports are, are you know, People are coming back on campus and, and it does feel like the the energy is, is kind of back around college sports that maybe got sucked out a little bit, um, given all the realignment talk, all the negativity, all the talk about media deals. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to actually focus on, on some of the on-field events, even though we got at least a couple more weeks of discussing everything. That You bet. All right, everyone. Thanks for, thanks for sticking around with us. Thanks for listening. We'll have some more shows up this week. Uh, I appreciate it. See you all on the internet.